Well, folks, uh, a warm welcome to you, and the third person to say Happy New Year to you. It's a, it's a weird time of year, I find, and um, it, it's been interesting welcoming many of you uh, as you've come in this morning, and how you're doing, and all that sort of stuff, and the, the, the kind of reactions range from, I'm just glad it's a new year, I'm just glad we're back, oh, flip. There's some people feeling like that. And there's others thinking like, oh, no, work begins again this week. There's some of us still in party mode. And there's some of us who are still in the, oh, do we have to face things? And then there's some of us who are just so expectant of the new thing. And uh, we come this morning uh, with mixed emotions, I guess. And um, I, I, I found it interesting when uh, Mark... Uh, began by sort of saying, you know, New Year's resolutions. And um, yes, that's something that's often some people, let's just have an indication. Anyone set a New Year's resolution? So it literally is two people. Mark, you're one of them. And Ben, you're the other. The two of you can maybe share your New Year's resolution. I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a, a, a cliche and something that maybe we just don't do. Maybe because we know that we're probably not going to stick to it. But we come with, with a renewed, fresh hope and new kind of things. Oh, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like that. Chantel and a number of others over the last number of years have, uh, have kind of come into the year with a word for the year, one singular word that kind of captures what they are wanting from a, from a, a, a godly perspective, from a devotional perspective. It could be this is going to be the year of joy, or this is the year of surrender, or the year, and, and, and really seeking the Lord, and then choosing a word to try and live by for the year. And I've kind of, I've kind of liked the idea, but a little bit like New Year's resolutions, just thought, nah, and I, I just kind of don't go in for that. And I guess as I'm rambling a little bit, as I'm beginning to think about the year ahead, I thought I'd begin by a real encouraging word to us all. This year, for probably all of us, is going to be hard. Isn't that encouraging? Like it is. It just is. It's going to be challenging for all of us. Because of coronavirus, we lived with a continued uncertainty of what's going to happen, what's around the corner, how's it going to impact our lives. Prices of goods and services are going to rise. There is a continued pressure on our healthcare system. Planning ahead, having vision for our future is often changed because of circumstances around us. Regardless of whether there was coronavirus or not, this year ahead would be hard. It would be challenging. Why? Because life is hard. Life is challenging for every one of us. And within this context, I wanted just to briefly uh, just mention that two, uh, two of the folks on our leadership team, both Johnny Norton and Dave Crosby, over the last number of days, have lost their fathers. And uh, we uh, stand with you and we pray for you. And we journey the loss of your loved ones at what is a, 
difficult time of year. Life is tough. Life is hard. And as we uh, cast vision for that encouraging word for the future, I do want to bring just a sense of encouragement of how do we, how do we, the people of God, respond in such a way. I'm going to read from one verse which is found at, one, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13. It's the chapter often read at weddings, surrounded about love. It's the sandwich filling that Paul uses between 12 and 14, which are about spiritual gifts. And he throws deliberately this chapter in about love. And he ends with verse 13, writing and saying these words. And now these three remain, faith, hope, And love. That's better when I speak into the microphone, isn't it? Brian, I've got it. I've got it. It's only taken me a while. Look at that. Doesn't that sound much better when we do that? Oh, my goodness. But I'll start again. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. As we enter into this new year, let us hold on to and let us practice these three things. The practice of faith. We are a people of, our, of faith. And faith is not just wishful thinking. It is actually an action. The Bible describes it like this. Here is a story, a well-known story. When Jesus encounters a Roman centurion, a man who is responsible for a hundred soldiers. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come. And he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion's servant is sick. Jesus offers, he asks the question, he said, do you want me to come to him and heal him? And the centurion's like, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. Please don't do that. Just say the word. The word will be enough if you just do that. I know that it will be done because I am a man who has authority. And I say to this person, do this and do that. And they do the things. Just say it and it will be done. And Jesus commends him. He says, I've not seen anyone throughout the whole of Israel. You're a Roman centurion and you have demonstrated to me such great faith. Just say the word, Jesus, and it will be so. Faith is way more than wishful thinking. It's a practice. It's something that we do as well as believe. James 2 says this, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Faith and deeds go hand in hand. Faith is a verb. It's a doing word. Someone in need to simply say, oh, just God bless you. Go by your way. I hope you're going to be well fed, but does nothing about it, demonstrates no faith at all. Faith is something we believe, something that we have in him, but also that we act upon. It has legs attached to it. It's something that we are to exercise. And as we go into this year, what might it be that God is inviting you into to demonstrate faith? We have said time and time again that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. It's about taking risks. And the world in which we live in, and it's understandably so, that everything is about ourselves and keeping ourselves safe, safe from harm, safe from anything that might possibly happen. And we worry incessantly about the future and what might happen and might happen. And we try and control and manipulate things in such a way to keep ourselves just safe from harm or safe from something terrible happening. And God is inviting us and he's speaking to us to have faith, to trust, and to the second word, hope in him. Faith, hope, and love. Another practice that God invites us to practice is the practice of hope. And again, it's not just wishful thinking. It's not just this fantasical kind of thing. It's actually something that we practice. We are a place of hope. It says it on our bits and bobs. There it, oh, there it goes. We are a place of hope. We're a people of hope. Hope that something could be different, that things will be different in the future. But again, it's not just wishful thinking. In life which is difficult and hard, the psalmist wrote these words. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. It's a practice a hoping God, trusting in him, calling upon his name. And hope is practiced in two ways. The first part to hope is prayer. It's about getting on our knees and just simply saying, I put my hope in you. And the second part is getting up off our knees and then trusting in him and leaving it with him. As I was thinking and praying this morning as we gathered, I, I prayed those things with us as a team. For many of us, and I speak to myself, something I have been practicing in a far uh, greater way most recently is to simply let go and let God. It's just to simply let go of the things that trouble us, the things that occupy our attention, that cause us to have a lack of sleep, to cause us to choose and to make different decisions about life, to simply just let go and let God take charge. Let him in control. Uh, another word I had as we were worshiping this morning is we are no longer captains of our ships. 
We like to be the captain of the ship. We like to be in control. We like to navigate and steer its direction and speed in which it goes. But God is inviting us to simply no longer be the captain of our own ships, but to simply hope in him and trust in him. A number of days ago, Chantelle and I and some of us who are here present attended the Elim Church here in Carrickfergus. What a wonderful church. What an incredible community of believers. We were there to celebrate the life of Debbie Crothers. Debbie, as many of you will have known her, passed away um, two or three weeks ago now. She went missing for a time. And uh, sadly, she had passed away. And we were there at the funeral celebrating her life. And it was really uh, from that, that service, which was so incredible and so inspirational and so honest and so real, that I was inspired to speak on this one word of faith, hope, and love. Many of us who knew Debbie would have hoped for, uh, for a brighter future for her. And in many ways, she, she died tragically and, and too soon. And we would have prayed for Debbie, hoping uh, for a change in the way in which life uh, found its way for her. And sadly, she leaves uh, uh, too soon, leaving people saddened and devastated. And yet our trust and our hope and knowledge now is that she is with Jesus forever and ever, where there is freedom and where there is uh, life set free. When we pray, hoping and trusting, sometimes our prayers are not always answered and not always come in the way in which we would hope for or long for or want. But nonetheless, we continue to hope in him. We continue to call upon his name. Paul writes to the church in Rome saying, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope comes from God and invites us to hope in him. And as a result, we overflow with hope and it comes from the Holy Spirit. But the greatest of these is love. And as we face another difficult and hard and challenging year ahead for us, may we, the people of God, continue to be a people of love. Love that is demonstrated and is practiced through our actions. Earlier in that sandwich chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes about love. He says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love is a verb, it's a doing word again. I remember um, preparing for my wedding speech uh, when we got married, uh, which was going to be 22 years ago this year. I remember sitting and writing my speech and just having these incredibly strong emotions of love towards Chantel. And many of us who've been married a while, we, we know, we understand that that, that emotional feeling is, is something that almost you can't quite put words to. 
and uh, love song writers have tried to, and there's some incredible love songs that kind of demonstrate the words. But what I tried to write in my wedding speech and didn't really do a very good job, to be honest, uh, was that love is demonstrated through our actions. It's through the things that we do that actually demonstrate our love. It's a practice. Like faith and hope, we cannot simply just muster it up. It comes first and foremost from Him. It comes from Him first. We read about that in 1 John. Love comes from Him. We can only love by being loved first. It comes from Him, and it comes through practicing His presence first. Where am I? Here I am. And so as I read these verses again briefly, what one word, what one practice of love would you think, would you, would you think that God is inviting you to demonstrate in a greater way this year towards those around you? As I read them, invite the Holy Spirit to just jump off the page. What one thing do you want to grow in this year in terms of uh, your demonstration of love? Love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, doesn't dishonor others, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, doesn't delight in evil, rejoices in the truth, protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. Which one of those is God inviting you to demonstrate in a greater way, in a greater practice this year? You cannot simply just muster it up. You cannot simply choose to be more patient. You cannot simply um, be less self-seeking. It comes from knowing him and being known by him. And that can only come as we get on our knees and carve out time and deliberately spend time in the scriptures. It comes from confessing our sins to one another. It comes by relinquishing control on our finance and being a generous people. It comes from a, a weekly commitment of coming to church and being committed to the people of God and the family of God. It comes as you journey life with others in a life group which are coming soon. It comes as we spend time in silence and solitude, as we just simply wait in his presence and listen to that still small voice and his leading and his leaning and his direction and the next, um, the next plot of the course, as it were, for our lives. That's where it comes from. It comes from him. But we can only get it when we go to him first and foremost. And yet there's so many other things in our lives that cloud us and keep us from him. There's so many things like mobile phones, which I've just convicted many of you as you've been looking at them, you naughty people. Joke, joke, joke. But it says so many other distractions that keep us from his presence. And we must say no to those things and say yes to him and everything that he's inviting us into. So we face this year, this year which will have its challenges, which will have its struggles, we don't face it alone. We face it with him. We face it with others as we practice faith, hope, and love. And the last thing I just want to end with, and it's, I don't know if 
probably is biblical. <laughs> I could find a verse. You can always find a verse to justify it, can't you? That's slightly naughty. Um, it's, 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 it's a practice, I guess, that I have been doing. It's a, word, it's a phrase that I've been using, and it's celebrating the wins. I think we have to celebrate wins in our lives. And so uh, last couple of days, we were with some really brilliant friends of ours uh, who live, they live in Oma. And we go once, twice a year as a family, and we stay over, and we just have such fun together. We usually have good food, we have a glass of wine or two, and we just have a lot of fun together. That is a win. That is a win right there. It could be that today is going to be a good day. We're not going to worry too much about tomorrow. And that's a good day. And that's a win. It could be that in a test at school or at university, we get a better than expected score. That's a win right there. It could be that you have a conversation with someone that you find pretty difficult and you don't really like, but you feel like there's a connection there and something genuine and honest came. That's a win right there. It could be that someone that you've been praying for, um, someone that, you, that doesn't know Jesus and you, they, they, they're asking you questions and they're inquisitive about things and you get to pray with them. That's a win right there. So it doesn't have to be this big thing. Some people get married this year. That's a win. Some of you may fall pregnant this year, may have a baby. That's a win right there. They're the big things. They're the incredible things that, yes, we open a bottle of champagne. We never do that, by the way. But do you know what I mean? It's that, that thing of celebrating. But many of them are little things. And we must learn to celebrate the little things, the little wins within the year as well. That was like an encore. I'll stop right there.